In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Family can be complicated. Do I need to unpack that, or can we pretty much agree to that? Family is so complicated that I'm, I'm almost afraid to bring it up because I know that if, if you begin thinking about your family today or the family you grew up in or your chosen family, however you're defining family, it's, it's going to bring things up. It is no doubt a many-layered thing for each and every one of us. When we're young, our families, they're where we're raised. It's where, it's where we have our first images of, of hopefully what it means to be safe and loved. It's how we learn to see the world and interpret the world and figure out how exactly we're supposed to move about in this big world. Our families are hopefully where we are nurtured and valued. And even when those things happen, imperfectly, even when uh, those who raise us, our parents, our grandparents, even when they do the very best with what they had to work with, even when we, uh, those of us who are parents, are doing the very best that we have to work with, even we, when we do all those things as right as we can, our relationships with our families and within our families, are, are, they're still going to be filled with hopes and expectations and disappointments and conflicts. It's a big part of life. Now, for those of us who come from families who we might think of as healthy, first of all, let's, let's celebrate that. Let's, let's give a word of thanks for those families who, darn it, they just know how to love. Let's give thanks for that, and let's learn from it and share it. Because we know there are also those families where the pressures of, of life and heritage and history, are, are, they're just too much to overcome. And suddenly that, that place of, that should be one of unconditional love and nurture and acceptance becomes more of a battlefield. And of course, there is the reality that, that life is just messy and, and probably most families are a mix of the two. And that in family life, you're going to have shining moments where you're doing it right and then you're going to have moments where we stumble and we fall. And that's, that's just part of being the messy part of being part of a family. Into this complicated reality of family life, Jesus offers a hopeful image of a healthy and loving family. Oh, whoa, whoa, I read that wrong. Wait, no, Jesus says quite the opposite. Jesus says, I come to, not to bring peace, but division. And from now on, houses will be divided, parents against their children, and in-laws against the poor folks who had tried to marry in. Where in the world does this come from? Everything I know and love about Jesus would tell me that he would want to move heaven and earth to heal these broken relationships, to help move us together 
to a place of wholeness and fulfillment. That those families that are a little more broken down, to move them to teach them how to love so that they can be in that first category. I would think that Jesus would want to mend our hearts and to help us be instruments of healing for one another. Instead, we get a battle royale. Right? Jesus' message is not going to be balm, but gasoline poured over the simmering embers of family conflict. Is this what faith means? Is, is this what we're signing up for? Is this what reconciliation is supposed to be all about? Because to me, it kind of reads like the polar opposite of reconciliation. Well, it actually is. Because in the words of Audrey West, even reconciliation bears the seeds of rupture. Even reconciliation bears those seeds of rupture. Following Jesus, living this life of faith can be costly and subversive. And sometimes... That cost comes in the most intimate and treasured places of our lives. It means that if we're going to embark on this journey, this journey that's going to take us, we hope, towards greater peace and love of our neighbor and a deeper relationship with God and a general sense of wholeness, which all sounds great. And it is. But I think it's also telling us that things, if we do this faithfully, Things may well get harder before they get easier. The reason for that, the source of all this conflict, I think, can be found in what the writer of Hebrews calls the weight of sin that clings so closely. I know that sounds heavy, it's supposed to, but I still think that's beautiful and poetic and a lot better than just saying because of sin right? Instead of sin. Rather, the weight of sin that clings so closely. Think about this. Let's, let's think, work with that for a moment. Now, now by sin, I'm not just saying uh, those bad things we do or, or our tendency to do bad things, though many of us were taught that growing up in our families or perhaps in grade school or wherever we were. Funny thing about that is that doesn't help us to heal, tends to keep us stuck in those same tendencies. Rather, I think sin is a lot more layered than that. Sin can be our failure to live up to the goodness that is in us and to really experience the joys of life that God imagines for us and hopes and wants for us. Sin, sin can be, and I, and I want you to think about that family unit for a moment, sin is participation in the mechanics of exclusion. That's a phrase I get from James Allison, a gay Catholic priest and theologian who is with us for the Trinity Forum about a year ago. He gives us, sin is participation in the mechanics of exclusion. You start to hear the seeds of some family conflict now, where that might be coming from. Sin can be passivity in the face of oppression and inequity. Sin can be participation in systemic injustice, whether that's willingly or because it's just easier that way. 
What I'm talking about is the weight of sin that clings so closely. And when that, when that weight presses down on a family unit, and th- that can mean anything. That can mean uh, the, your family of origin. That can mean a community, a city, a nation. When that weight of sin presses down on your shoulders, surrounding you, think of it like a storm is coming, and the pressure is coming in, and your hair gets all frayed, and you just get grumpy and are ready to snap at anybody. That's what's happening. And when that happens, folks are going to fight. Now, when we think about this proverbial family sitting around the table, the weight of, weight of sin pushing down on them, let's think about what that fighting can look like. I'm, I'm not assuming that to be in a family means to fight, but what I'm saying is that under this pressure, it's going to come out somehow, and usually within these communities is where it happens. So I want you to think about the different ways that this can play out if they move to fighting. So there are there is good fighting, there is bad fighting, and there is no fighting. Think about that for a minute. Good fighting, I'd like to think, is what happens when someone in the family begins to wake up, begins to see something in the family story that's missing and starts to name it. And then as as that comes to the surface, there's going to be tension, there's going to be conflict, so they begin to weather that a little bit. It's nowhere near that simple, but perhaps... Something good is coming of it as we challenge together the way we see the world, our assumptions, and realize that they may not be as grace-filled as we want them to be. And that's going to create tension. There's going to be a little bit of conflict there. Bad fighting is when nobody's waking up. Everybody's just flinging food at one another. Nothing's getting better. We're just mutually dumping our pain onto one another and probably calling it something else. And then, third option is there's no fighting. So, who here would choose no fighting if that was the option? I'll be the first one. No fighting is great. I love no fighting. It's the best. Good. All right. Well, that can be just as bad as bad fighting because that's when none of us is motivated to, see, motivated to see or to name that weight of sin that clings so closely. It means nobody wants to look at it. it. means nobody has a vocabulary for it. We really just want to kind of keep getting along to get along. Just live it out. This past week, the father and son who murdered Ahmad Aubrey. Remember, that was the young black man who was killed. He was just out for a jog. And three men hunted him down, two of whom were father and son. They were given their sentences. They were given life in prison. Now, obviously, I have no idea what what the father-son relationship was like. It is not a bit of my business. But I dare say that something good might have come if there was some good conflict between those two sometime in the past. 
where either or maybe both of them could question the assumptions, the racism that was clearly eating them alive and that was toxic, not just to them, not just to them. There would have been conflict. I'll bet that would have been ugly. But that may, father would have turned against son. Son would have turned against father. But at least that might have been something of a good fight. It might have produced something. It might have produced change. But that's not what happened. That is a terrible family legacy to hold on to and to pass on, isn't it? And in a way, it's a legacy that we all have to live with. As it is, because we are all a part of the same human family. And because of that, that weight of sin is a part of our heritage. But there are other images of what family can be when we follow Jesus first and foremost. Images of family beyond family. What the writer of Hebrews calls the great cloud of witnesses. Those saints and holy people whose lives tell a story of what it means to be a part of the family of God. Who surround us, whose lives widen our lenses on life, on what it means to be the family together. And, and who actually intercede for us today. That cloud of witnesses is filled with folk who have not been afraid to find their way into good fights and sometimes at great cost. Today, August 14th, is the feast day of Jonathan Myrick Daniels. Now, Jonathan was uh, the valedictorian of the Virginia Military Institute. That's like the Vatican, but for Robert E. Lee. <laughs> from there, curious fellow, from there he went to, be, uh, became an Episcopal seminarian. He was at Harvard. And in 1965, when Dr. Martin Luther King called for, for clergy, for pastors to get involved in the civil rights movement, he then, as a seminarian, went to Alabama to get involved in the voting rights movement. On, on August 14th, he and his companions were jailed for participating in a picket line, but then they were mysteriously let go. And when they were let go, they knew something was wrong. They knew that danger was in the air. And so they went to a convenience store, presumably to kind of get out of the way of whatever it was that was going on. And there they saw 14-year-old Ruby Sales, an African-American uh, young lady, who had, was go, just going to the convenience store. And she was climbing the steps, and as she got to the, stop of the, to the top of those steps... Uh, a man from the community began to verbally assault her. So Jonathan Daniels, seminarian, moves her to the side, gets her out of harm's way, stands in front of that man who then pulls a 12-gauge shotgun and shoots Daniels. Jonathan Daniels died. The man who shot him was acquitted. Acquitted. 
This is what can happen when we struggle and push past the weight of sin that clings so closely. It can disrupt our peace. It can anger our families. And it can even cost us our lives. But it can also redefine for all of us what it means to be a part of the human family, what it means to be siblings in God's family. Because in that moment, to Jonathan Daniels, there is no difference between Ruby Sales and the family that he grew up in. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus for the sake of joy endured the cross. For the sake of joy. Family is complicated. Yes, it is. But those tensions, all that mutual learning and sometimes that conflict, those good fights, when we can have them, can lead us together into something that is deeply sacred. Into something, into the embrace of family beyond family. Into a place of profound love and life-changing joy. Amen.